The following podcast is brought to you by the Booked Podcast Store at bookedpodcast.myshopify.com. We started this podcast with the dream of bringing great literary works to listeners everywhere, and overall, I think we've done a pretty good job. But you can always do more, right? A little over a year ago, I was approached via email by a Nigerian prince who was going through some weird legal issues that I can't get into here for reasons of national security, but we eventually struck up a deal that helped me perfect our newest product, Literary Force Plus. With Literary Force Plus, you no longer have to listen to really long, meandering podcasts to improve your literary prowess. The special proprietary formula we've put together will guarantee you make better reading choices, read longer books, and never, ever pick up another sci-fi book. With Literary Force Plus, you'll move right past the Pattersons and pick up a Clevenger. You'll forego George R.R. R. Martin and pick up a Josh Mallerman. Early feedback even indicates that you'll understand what you're reading better and won't always have to have Rob explain it to you like you're a fucking five-year-old. It really works. I've been using Literary Force Plus myself and haven't read a Stephanie Meyer's book in years. I know you might be skeptical, but now's the perfect time to try Literary Force Plus, as we're offering it at a 50% discount, and if you order in the next half hour, we'll throw in free shipping. We're practically losing money on this deal. Don't let the globalists decide what your next read is. Take back control of your own literary destiny with Literary Force Plus, only at bookpodcast.myshopify.com. Every sale helps fund the war on poor literary choices. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. This is part two of our conspiracy theory episode because it just keeps going and going and going. So <laughs> none of this is going to make any sense if you don't skip back one episode and listen to the first part. So if you've done that, you're ready to go. If not, um, we'll hear we'll, we'll see you back here in like an hour or so. Next, sure. we're going to talk about two different people. And yeah. these are people and this will tie into our kind of last one, too. Right. So these are two people that it's not a conspiracy. They are both dead. Um, the conspiracy comes in the cause of their deaths or the reason behind. The first one we're going to talk about is Michael Hastings. Um, he died in a car accident um, in uh, June of 2013. So uh, not a real big deal, right? I mean, he's a writer for Rolling Stone. He died in a car accident. There doesn't seem like there's a lot there. But Hastings... Um, wrote some things and and was investigating some things that were probably outside the purview of Rolling Stone. They're the things you figure would be exposés in the New York Times or the Washington Post or or something and not typically um you know what we think of as a an aging rock and roll magazine. Yeah, so he did the he got, I guess he got an award for um writing uh The Runaway General um which is a profile on General Stanley McChrystal. It's obvious that I'm reading this off of something, but that's fine. <laughs> Commander of NATO's International Security Assistance Force in the Afghan War. Afghanistan War, sorry. Um, and then uh, before his death, it was um, rumored that he was writing um, a piece on the head of the CIA, I believe, that was a, like a critical piece. Not mm-hmm. like a not like a puff piece like, hey, look at how great the, the head of <laughs> the CIA is. Something very critical. And so... Uh, that that was um, kind of rumored to be part of maybe why it wasn't an accident and it might have actually been planned. Uh, I heard someone speak about it on a podcast recently. Um, Hastings had gone over to wherever McChrystal was. It wasn't a book. I think that was just an article that he wrote. Um, but he yeah. um, 
he was there and something happened and he wound up being delayed there for a while. There was some type of, I don't remember what it was, weather or something. So he wound up hanging out with these military guys. He was supposed to be there for two or three days. He wound up being there for like two weeks. So he got to know all these people and they got really comfortable with him. And apparently he reported that uh, um, General McChrystal had said some very negative things um, about Obama, to which um, Obama at one point said the conduct represented in the recently published article does not meet the standard that should be met by setting a set by a commanding general. It undermines civilian control of the military that is at the core of our democratic system. So he had said some pretty negative things. So um, McChrystal resigned from that. So there might be some military um, issues at play there for him exposing high leadership in the military, um, not yeah. being on board with the, the commander in chief. And then there's the the things that you had talked about, about um, him him working on a CIA, an article about the head of the CIA. The delay um, when he was with McChrystal was, um, I, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a volcanic eruption in Iceland um, yes, in 2010 yep. that like basically interrupted all travel between the United States and Europe for, I think, fucking like a month and a month and a half, something like that. Yep. So, yeah, there was he was there for a long time. So. You might say, well, why are we just talking about this guy? He still wound up dying in a car accident. Well, there seems to be evidence pointing to the fact that the car, the car accident was no um, necessarily no fault of, of his own. Yeah. Um, it And it's tricky because, like, you can watch. There's videos out there. If you search for Michael Hastings on YouTube, one of the things is going to be the actual, like, some security footage of, of the actual accident. It's really poor. Um, there's also like some sort of um, journalist who appeared on the scene. Did you did you see Nightcrawler, the movie? I did. I did. It's very much like that. This guy was just sitting somewhere listening to the police band mm -hmm. and, and heard about the crash, heard the calls coming in and like basically beat um, everybody to the scene and was recording like the car burning and stuff like that. That's the tricky thing from my from the from the information I was able to kind of gather in the time that in the little time I spent, it doesn't seem like there's any like rock solid evidence of of anything uh, like any tampering or anything like that. Like all of the the conclusions from the LAPD and everybody else who investigated all pointed to it was just a regular, you know, he hit a tree. Um even the video footage where, you know, he's basically speeding, he's going super fast, he ran a red light, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the only thing that's weird is, like, it seems like there's, like, some minor kind of something happening before he hits the tree, and there's multiple explosions when he hits the tree, so that looks a little bit shady. Um, uh, so, initially, it doesn't really look like there's any obvious, like, tampering. Is that kind of what you got, too? Yes. <clears throat> Um, here's where it gets interesting though. So I guess for this next part, I just have to kind of, are you on board with WikiLeaks or are you, so let me preface <laughs> this for listeners by saying that nobody has ever successfully, um, proven anything WikiLeaks has said to be false. So that's, that's like factual information. Nobody has ever, ever been able to debunk WikiLeaks. Okay. Are you, Okay, and so I just want to preface that with most times when WikiLeaks comes out with something, nobody even tries to debunk it. They usually try to explain why this happened instead of gotcha. trying to debunk okay. the actual report. And he told WikiLeaks that um, the FBI was investigating him because of a story he was on to. So now you take that into account, that he actually reached out and was willing to share some information with WikiLeaks right before he was killed. 
And then you look at the fact that he has, and this came up on the podcast a little while ago. I don't remember why we were talking about it, but he had a car that potentially could be hacked and control could be taken. So the car that he was driving did does qualify to be remote controlled by a hacker. Yeah. And apparently he was driving in a way that was erratic and inconsistent with how somebody would drive in that area, but there were no drugs in this. You know what I mean? Like, so when you start putting all these things together, you do start seeing something that looks a little bit sketchy. Yeah. And I'm just reading off of the Wikipedia article. So, um, it's not, it's no WikiLeaks as far as like, um, bulletproof, um, facts, facts, but, um, there was also something saying that the he went to his neighbor and asked to borrow their car because he didn't feel safe driving his own car, um, but they wouldn't let him or something like that. And that's one of those things where, like, that, you know, did that come out independently in a way that could be, like, verified as not being, like, the neighbor later just wanted to be a part of a conspiracy? I don't know. So with that information on the table, we're going to talk about another one, and then maybe we can circle back and see if we're in agreement on both of these or how we feel about them. I'm going to yeah. let you cover this next one a little bit. Seth Rich. Yeah, so Seth Rich um, was, was is uh, he's dead. He worked with the Democratic National Committee, and um, he was killed. He lived in Washington, D.C. He was killed um, by gunshot. Like, he was in his neighborhood, I believe, and just like shot and killed. And, um, this was after the DNC, uh, emails leaked in 2016. Um, and it was all around the time where like, you know, the, the Hillary and all the emails and all this stuff was like kind of really blowing up. And, um, so this guy was murdered. You can tell I don't, I don't have a lot of facts in my head. I'm just kind of going off the cuff here, but that's okay. And, um, it was it was it, it seemed like it was pretty much just considered a tragedy until um Fox News and then I think other organizations as well started s- spreading the idea that he was killed because he leaked he was the one who leaked DNC emails um which there was no proof of and and they didn't have anything to back it up um but as far as i'm aware and and um but that like they started that story and I feel like it, it, it kind of spread out to other other news outlets as well. But then it was later later debunked. And actually I think Fox is getting sued by Seth Rich's family for putting them through like like this horrible, horrible ordeal. Right. Now you would so in your note, um, this is what I want to talk about that you said that it was debunked. Yeah. Can you give me some information on on the debunking? And I know that sounds like I'm like I'm being like I'm trying to set you up for something, and I, I'm truly not. <laughs> You're like, but wait, okay. So I don't have I don't have information on the specific. Um, but I'll I'll read you a little bit. Of, so it was debunked by like general law enforcement, basically anybody who was investigating, um, as well as and I'm reading again fact checking websites like Politifact, Snopes, and FactCheck.org. Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia described the murder as related to a bungled attempted robbery, said the assertions put forward by whoever put them forward were unfounded. Um, So they're not pointing to specific reasons why. But I'm guessing they're just basically saying there's no proof that he was the one that leaked emails. Yeah, uh, yes. So um, my understanding of this, and I've looked up almost nothing on this except the, the date um, and, um, basically there's no evidence that he leaked it. So, um, 
implying that he was killed, I'm guessing, by the DNC for being a leaker. Um, there's nothing to support that, and that's how it got debunked. Right. So I don't know that that's what I would call debunking. Um, and that's one of the reasons I want to talk about this in relation to Michael Hastings. So saying there isn't proof of something is probably not because I've heard I've heard the media use debunk. So I'm really not calling you out on this. Saying there's no evidence doesn't debunk something. Um, having evidence contrary to something is really debunking something. So, for example, had they have said, well, this was debunked because we arrested um, the 16-year-old kid and his two friends. Um, we found the gun. They had the gun. Fingerprints were on the gun. And they had his wallet in their back pocket. I would say, well, that's that's probably debunking. I don't know if we actually even talked about it, right? So it was that the, the Democrats, Hillary Clinton, some part of the Clinton machine was responsible for this because it was believed that he was going to be testifying to the FBI regarding Hillary Clinton and the email servers and perhaps some other stuff. That's the way I understand the story. Like Russian collusion and all that shit. Yeah. But here's, here's the problem with that is like, you can't prove the absence of something. Correct. You can't prove a negative. Absolutely. So like, there's no way for me to prove that he didn't do something. I, I guess is what I'm right. To say. No, no. But that's what I'm trying to say is saying there's no evidence that this happened. They don't have any evidence of anything. They say it's a bungled burglary, but they never got anybody. They never got a suspect in custody. They never even got anybody for doing it. Yeah. I, would, I would, you know what I'm saying? I would say that's more debunking. Well, yeah, but you could saying. just lay anything at his doorstep. Then you could be like, well, he's the one that planned nine 11. And sure. Since there's Absolutely. no proof that he didn't for sure. Um, we'll go back to WikiLeaks just for a minute. They, I believe, still have, unless they've retracted this at the time, they were offering $20,000 for information on, on, on Seth Rich's killer. Yeah, I remember. I remember reading that. So, you know what I mean? So there's somebody else that's, and again, depending on how you feel about WikiLeaks. <laughs> Let's write into is, WikiLeaks gonna... and be like, well, it wasn't so and so, right. and yeah. then collect our $20,000. But quite clearly, they believed there was something or they wouldn't have offered $20,000 as, as a reward. Gotcha. So that, that makes a little bit of sense. So here yeah. we have two of them. I mean, I, I, I kind of see where you're at on this one, <laughs> but overall, these are two examples of just a small, small, um, percentage of things like this. So there's, there's a, there's a Clinton death list that you can look up online of all the people that died that were, well, but I'm saying it, it exists. Yeah. You're familiar with yeah. it, right? I mean, not maybe intimately yeah. familiar with it. I wrote so it. Go Come back on. to this thing about power and control. Do you believe that there are people in, in the current government and previous government and governments, other places in the world that would be willing to kill somebody rather than have something exposed if it's, um, simple financial corruption, if it's embarrassment, if it's something that could cause impeachment. Um, do you think, based on the conversation, and this is why I wanted to talk about the Illuminati or the New World Order or globalists, I get the feeling that you wouldn't be on board with, you know, I'd probably bring up 20 other situations where it would be kind of the same thing. Like, there's not a whole lot of evidence against it. But there are situations these people were tied to the things. So are you on the, the thing that this is something that just couldn't happen? Like no matter what story I pulled up? No, I think it's absolutely possible. Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> I think that there's definitely um, I would be kind of naive to, to not believe that, you know, governments or whoever do like clandestine assassination. I mean, it has to happen, right? 
I mean, that that's where I'm at. And I, I don't feel that our <laughs> government, current, um, previous, you know, former, whatever, or, or, or beyond that. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure so, they do. So, again, you know, how do I feel in these particular cases? I, I don't really have a, a one way or the other. The the Michael Hastings one um, really kind of stinks because there is evidence. He did um, embarrass the government. He embarrassed the army in places. He was about to expose, maybe perhaps expose someone in the CIA. I mean, these there were and that though that's factual information right so we can yep. go back to Seth Rich and say well we don't even know how involved he was in the emails like we just don't know right but Hastings if I had to if I had to pick yes or no I'm saying yes somebody killed him it was likely somebody in tied into the government Seth Rich you know I, I'm not saying no because there's not a ton of evidence that that you know that he had any knowledge that could have hurt somebody. But if he did, if we conclusively prove that he had access to those emails, that he gave him to WikiLeaks or whatever, I mean, that would that would pretty much swing my vote pretty quickly as to he was killed off by a government hit team. So you're in or out? Uh, all right, I'm out on Rich. Yeah. I'm in on Hastings. But overall, um, these these things, I'm, I'm I'm borderline more in than out on most of them. All right, so here's here's my approach. Um, one of the things too that I read was that Michael Hastings was kind of big on uh, fighting against what he called a government war on journalism, um, plus like all the things that Livius uh, said, kind of lead toward this guy. This guy probably was a little bit in over his head about you know the stuff that he was reporting on and stuff, like even experts in the in the wikipedia thing that i i read said that the the way that the accident happened was consistent with with a car cyber attack um so it, it leans in the direction of like it all kind of fits it all makes sense right like there's definitely a motive and there's definitely like the people he were messing with would probably have the ability to kill him in the way that he died um so i'm a little bit more leaning on like this one stinks um as far as the seth rich thing goes Again, like it's 50 50, like e each argument is equal because there's really no evidence anywhere. I think like think Olivius, you even said that mm -hmm. there's no evidence on either side. So it could be it could be anything. Um, if I were to be like uh, <laughs> like red from uh, the blacklist and kind of look at it from that perspective, I would say that like this was a guy that um, there was a situation that needed to be um, like zipped up. And they dropped it on this guy who had nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Like he right. was the fall guy for, you know, and now no one's worried about this one thing anymore because this guy died. And obviously he was the one that was the bad dude or whatever. I mean, but that's like, that's TV show fantasy shit. Um, I don't think that there's enough to say anything one way or another about Seth, uh, Seth Rich other than the fact that like no one should get shot and killed. Um, so, well... I guess that's a little bit. Some people, no, I don't think anybody should get. I don't know. I don't want to take a position on that. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> maybe sometimes people should get shot and killed. That's going to be at the beginning of the episode. Now I know it. Um, you know what I'm saying? But uh, so I'm I'm in as far as the Michael Hastings story goes, and I'm out as far as Seth Rich goes. All right. Um, that's fair. We actually we we match on that. Yeah. Like we actually yeah. So. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's tough. Um, would Snowden um, have disappeared in, in a bungled robbery or a car accident if um, maybe 
someone knew that he was about to leak information about the government spying on people? I mean, I, I, yes, I think so for sure. I think that's embarrassing enough to the government and, and, and has, you know, could have potentially gone a lot worse than it did um, with civil unrest and things like that. That yeah, I absolutely don't think that the government's beyond doing that. And he's a perfect example. Yeah. Well, um, while I agree with you playing devil's advocate, um, I guess, I guess until you actually leak stuff, it's not a crime, but like if they, if they knew he was like, if even if like he took information that he wasn't supposed to in the way that like, I didn't watch that Snowden movie. I don't really know much about him. Like if he took information, um, you know, we, even with like the, like the, like perceived intent to leak it, wouldn't that be enough for someone to arrest him and like try him for treason? Like for leaking state secrets or stealing state secrets? For sure. For sure it would have been. Absolutely. Um, the problem with that is, you know, how do you keep him from still leaking it? Oh, well, I mean, he's under arrest. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there aren't files. There aren't, you know what I mean? There's there's, there's other ways that that can happen. And even though you're in prison, that doesn't mean that you don't have a platform. Oh, like to... he could. Well, yeah, but like if you're, I mean, once you're like committing treason, I'm sure they mm -hmm. put you in Guantanamo and it's not like you can get a message yeah. out to your lawyer I guess or something that's, like that. I guess that's true, too. So, I mean, and, I don't that, know. But uh, I'm guessing that it's a little bit tighter of a ship in those situations. Julian Assange has been living in a fucking embassy for how long now? Yeah. The founder I mean, of WikiLeaks. It's been like a decade, right? Yeah. And I imagine that there are plenty of world governments, ours included, that would be happy to put a bullet in his head um, because of how credible he is as a person. Like I said, there's really nothing that's ever been disputed that's come out of WikiLeaks and all of that is you know, approved by him. So I would think that, uh, you know, if they had an opportunity to, that they'd, they'd put a bullet in that guy's head just to make sure. So so the difference is I come across some clandestine information that's super important, right? And I go and I make a YouTube video and I sound like the flat earth guy, right? Like just not yeah. super credible and nobody knows who I am and I have like four subscribers. No big deal. <laughs> but I send the same evidence to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks puts it out. Well, guess what? The world, the world believes a good portion of the world believes. So his credibility and willingness to out governments for um, maybe doing things that are contrary to the the public good is probably enough to put him on a, on a, the top of a death list for for a lot of countries, the United States included. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I would assume so. My question about, and I don't want to linger on him, is. I, I've only been noticing recently, and this could have been like the thing all along, or I don't know if something happened or whatever, but like I'm picking up that Julian Assange uh, kind of is, is using information to leverage like specific results that benefit certain people. Does that sound familiar at all? Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there, and, and yes, I, I, it's possible. It does seem like so he, he's become a much smaller player of late. I mean, yeah, it got to the point where he's not even allowed Internet where he's at or outside communication with the world. So he's really become um, just a name and a figurehead at this point. So I don't know who's actually running WikiLeaks. I think the person who's running WikiLeaks doesn't want people to know who's running WikiLeaks. Yeah, because um, it's clearly not him um, anymore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly that's that's possible. It's also possible that he's only given information from one side. So he's not 
my understanding of WikiLeaks is that Julian Assange is not like some super fucking detective like there's on a TV show who finds out all this stuff. He <laughs> right. is is made a platform where people who want to be believed or maybe have nowhere else to go with their evidence where they put it. And, and he's always kept his sources confidential. So there's safety in that, um, you know, but clearly there's some kind of vetting process or WikiLeaks would have been proven to be false a long time ago and lost all its credibility. Yeah. It's, um, I guess the, I guess my, my concern is if he's only putting out, you know, he's only leaking stuff that, you know, impacts a specific group of people or always has a positive outcome to one side. Doesn't that like in itself kind of mess with the credibility of the person? Yes and no. Um, so that doesn't mean that stuff didn't happen. Right, but he's not. He, but he's no. I get what you're saying. Yeah, so you know if saying. both of us did something and someone only came out and said you did it, that doesn't make you any less of a bad person. It just doesn't point a finger at me for doing right. the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, yes, I get what you're saying, and maybe it's not um, necessarily fair. And and honestly, I don't know because we would have to know what information was provided to him. And I don't care that much. Well, that's obvious. Well, we would never know, right? If he chose to not address something, we wouldn't right. know because it was provided in secret and it was just vetoed or or whatever for for not being produced. So, at any rate, yeah, man, we're way off the beaten path. So, if you're still <laughs> listening, we've been at this for almost an hour and a half, and we're still not done. But it's time to pay some bills. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Adam and Ashkosh, whose legs don't work. I used to read vapid, forgettable science fiction and self help books. And I wasn't very bright. I thought Anne Rand was deep. But then I found out about Literary Force Plus. After using Literary Force Plus for just one week, I was able to read the entire book anthology in less time than it was taking me to read and understand just one Fred Venturini story. And before Literary Force Plus, I would have no idea what was happening in any David James Keaton story. But now I'm ready to take on one of his famously still printing screenplays. Once this patented formula really got into my blood, I knew I'd never pick up a hug of award-winning book ever again. Life is looking up with future full of raw shark texts and headfuls of ghosts. With free shipping and 50% off, you'd be as foolish as I used to be if you pass up a chance to gain 310% comprehension increases in all of the quality fiction you can now run past your eyeballs. It's like turning $2 into $4 for your taste in books. Get Literary Force Plus at bookpodcast.myshopify.com or libazon.com. I don't even know why other websites exist, because libazon.com and Literary Force Plus are all the internet is good for. Literary Force Plus. All right, listeners, welcome back. We are continuing our conversation about conspiracy theories. Livius, what do we got up next? So we're going to hopefully a little more levity at this point, right? So we've talked about some pretty serious stuff. Yeah, I, didn't, um, I thought this was going to be a lot more funny of an episode than it's turned out to be. Yeah, well, that's the problem is you have a borderline conspiracy theorist on the other end that takes half yeah. of the shit seriously. So yeah. Yeah. I'm taking it all seriously. For the sake of this conversation, I really want to play devil's advocate on all of it. So um, this kind of ties into our last segment, but it's completely different. So Seth Rich was a name nobody knew. Um, prior to his dying, right? Michael Hastings was a name nobody knew unless you were a fan of Rolling Stone. And I, I don't mean to discredit him. What I'm saying is it wasn't a name that was in all of our mouths. Um, I imagine 95% of people had no idea who he was the day he died. 
But there have been a lot of celebrity death conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And and really there are there are different ones. So we're gonna focus on a couple, but who knows, some of these may come up because I was thinking about celebrity deaths, and really what we want to talk about is Britney Spears being replaced, right? By yeah, of Britney course. Spears. Yeah. yeah. But I started thinking about this and how much there is around celebrities. So I don't think we need to dive into why, right? They're celebrities. They're important to people. Their names everybody knows. And anytime something slightly off kilter, we assume that there there's nefarious things uh, at, at play. So the one that we're going to talk about is the like kind of death and switch, right? Yeah. So Britney Spears died. Maybe we should let's get into that first. And then we'll talk about some of the other ways that this can go down. <laughs> All right. You want me to kick this off? Yes, please. So from what I read, the general understanding is, and I don't, I mean, I really don't believe a lot of this or any of it. So I'm going to just say what I read and heard. Um, the Hold gener- on a second. Let me be done being shocked that you don't believe right. any of these. Okay. <laughs> Do you need a moment? The general idea was that at one point, Britney Spears, the one, the thing I heard, and like, this will be nice because you might've heard something separately, was in like a car accident. Um, that also involved Justin Timberlake and um, was decapitated. And so um, they cloned her to replace her with a clone. So <laughs> she's dead, but her clone took over her place. Justin My Timberlake God. in a coma, but his clone is is going along as him. Wow. So I had heard <laughs> or seen things about Britney, and I didn't look into it because I thought it was all just... Garbage. crazy bullshit yeah. right yeah so um that is hysterical um you know I, I mean so let's analyze why somebody would 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 think that right um avril levine also has been replaced i'm sure you know this right oh that's yeah i forgot about that but yes yes i have heard that so avril levine's replacement kind of came out because she was gone for a few years kind of off the scene came back she grew up a little bit, looked a little different, maybe sounded a little different, right? So I'm sure the Britney Spears thing was probably spurned by a similar type of transformation. Yeah, yeah it was around the head shaving incident. Right, yeah. So, um, you know, so you get that. But I'm, I'm trying, like, you know, like, yeah, I guess if Britney Spears is around, there'd still be more money to be made. But it's just kind of tougher to swallow that, you know, you replace them with with uh, with a fucking clone, which I'm pretty sure we still can't do, right? I mean, you're you're on the side of science, and we just can't fully clone a fully formed adult human being right now, can can we? No, I think we're still stuck at sheep. When they clone sheep, do you know anything about cloning, or am I just asking questions that, that just? <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll find out depending on your your question. So, are, so what you're saying though is they're cloning like a fully grown sheep? No, so it's um. It, it's just like they're cloning an embryo. Like it has to grow up. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I guess that's what I was trying to get at. I, th- that's what I thought they were able to do. And that would mean that we'd have a, you know, 30 year old Britney Spears, you know, 28 years after yeah, this. Exactly. Happened, right. So that's, <laughs> so it's kind of a problem there for that one. Um, yeah. There's no it, like celebrity photocopier yet that I'm aware of. Yeah. And that, that one's just bad. I mean, that's just bad for the fact that Britney Spears at the time that this happened, um, you know, Justin Timberlake has been has been a successful and, and, and top musician. I, I mean, from the time he broke he broke off from was it the Backstreet Boys? I'm not that sync. He broke from NSYNC, right? And kind of launched himself to stardom and is still there now. Britney Spears had that weird dip where she was doing that fucking reality show with her <laughs> husband and oh, like, yeah. like she was 
she was kind of, I don't want to say down and out. I'm sure there was still a lot of money there, but it just doesn't seem like that's where you would use these resources. Um, especially with, and I might dip into my own little like conspiracy theory here, um, but I'm pretty sure this is how it works. Like, essentially, like the recording industry, when you have a pop star like Britney Spears, they don't do anything except for have a voice and a look, right? Like the recording industry writes the songs, they give you the music, and they prepackage everything. You just show up and you do it, is my understanding. So, for a lot of pop stars, yeah, yeah. So why would they need to hold on to Britney when there's like, I mean, an infinite line of people who have a look and a, and a voice that could just step in? I mean, you have to build a brand, but how long does that take? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. That one just doesn't. If you if we had the same conversation and you said it was a Barack Obama. Was right. killed in a car accident, and we replaced the leader of the free world with a, a clone so that we could, <laughs> you know, keep things going. Like I would, I, I could, I don't want to say I'd buy it. More into at that, stake. Yeah, it would be more credible. <laughs> yeah. Than than Avril Lavigne, Britney Spears. Yeah, so I agree. If, in taking that approach, though, let's talk about Paul McCartney. Um. Yeah. All right. So you, I'm going to let you take the sure. take the wheel on this one because so you're older. It is believed that Paul McCartney, before my time, so to say that, was replaced by a different Paul McCartney. Um, and I'm not even going to get into into all the, the the details on that. But this this it's it's a widely known conspiracy theory, maybe even more so than the Britney Spears and Avril Lavigne thing. Yeah, but that that to me makes more sense. So like, I'm, and then the the clues being like him being barefoot on the cover of Abbey Road, yeah, being yeah. the dead the dead person, and all yep. the, all the lyrics about Paul's dead or whatever that sure. they said, yeah. But in examining it, that would have made more sense that there was a lookalike Paul McCartney that they put into the Beatles, who were the biggest band in the world at the yeah. time, and, and and at the time were the biggest. How do I say this? Like, there wasn't. Like today we have like a million genres for music, right? And there is a top player at the top of each of those genres or a top 10 and they're all wildly successful, right? Yeah. Back when the Beatles were around, when you said like the Beatles was somebody's favorite band, it wasn't a, a, an eighth of the population or a 30th of the population. There, there didn't seem to be that many choices. They were on the lips of every teenager in the world. Yeah, they were nowadays, a global sensation, yeah. Sure. If you've got, you know, Ariana Grande, yeah, if you're into to pop or hip hop or, or whatever, that might be your thing. But if you're into metal, it's somebody else. Or if you're into alternative, it's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's a bigger disparity in. in <laughs> if you're into in SoundCloud music. rappers, there's, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, but <laughs> this goes back to Denver Airport, right? If the Beatles did that, what benefit would there have been for them to give hints that it's really not Paul McCartney. Like, like they're not, the Beatles yeah. were a musical sensation. They oh, weren't, yeah. a, they weren't a, a, a dime store novel, right. That provides you with clues throughout. So at the end you could be like, Oh, I knew it was the Butler that did it. Like, there's no good reason to do that. Right. Cause that, I just remembered it was, I buried Paul was something that they had in one of their songs. Um, don't ask me to remember which one, but same thing with Britney Spears. There was allegedly a song <laughs> and and again no credibility to this but there was a song that um the original lyrics were like at one point she's a clone she's a clone she's a clone and then they change it to she is gone or something like that um yeah, yeah like, I, but i agree with you why would i mean unless it's like 
John Lennon was so distraught that like he snuck it in there because that was his way of coping with what went on. I don't know. We all look for a narrative and things, right? Yeah. I mean, we can get into John Lennon too and how yeah, he man. was a, uh, he was killed by the American government, right? Like there's, there's a bunch of different <laughs> shit there, but I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get is that if you and I had the time and, and really the, the, the desire, <laughs> the, the strength, the, the, the stamina, we could just pick a celebrity and then go back and try to look for evidence that they were replaced at some point. Oh, yeah. Anyway. And if we looked hard enough, we would probably find some clues. And if we presented them well enough, there might be people that believe that. Mm-hmm. And so it's never it's, the the evidence is never something like, well, they had a tattoo and now it's gone or like there was a birthmark. And you know what I'm saying? It's never anything that. Other than like a, a song lyric or, you know, this is what I feel or something. Or they look different or they sound different. Things that could be explained away by like age or, you know, you, you drink too much and it fucks up your vocal cords or something like that. So, yeah. So so what I'll call the death and switch, um, I'm, I'm a nay on all of them. I'm way out. Way, yeah. way out. Way out on all of them. The, now, Bubba, the Bubba Hotep. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm going to get into next. So... <laughs> It occurred to me, and, and I knew why, right? So I'll, I guess I'll go through my thought process. Well, of course, because they're celebrities. And if something happens, you want to know the reason. And it could be they've been replaced by a clone or a lookalike. Or you just don't want to believe that they're dead because you love them. And they they their music meant something to you or, or, or whatever. So I, I recently, recently had a, I don't want to say an experience. That doesn't sound right. But I wound up watching some old music videos, like stuff from like the 80s. And Under Pressure from um, David Bowie and and Queen um, came up on the playlist. I've often said in discussing with people, I think it might be the greatest song ever written. Um, Not really open to debating that with people. It's just kind of how I feel about it. (laughs) And I guess, you know, it's not something I listen to very often. But whenever it comes on, I honestly feel that there was something really special that happened there. So... You know, I've known Freddie Mercury has been dead since whatever, 92 or whenever. He's been dead a long time, right? But David Bowie died more recently. It's been, what, two years now? Yeah, I think it's almost three years now. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I've heard this song since then or I, I just I was watching the video for it and it occurred to me that both of them are dead. Now, I'm, I'm a pretty big Queen fan. I was not a fan of David Bowie. Um, at all, other than the fact that I think that he participated in the greatest song ever written, which is kind of a weird thing to say, right? Um, but, like, I was struck by the fact that the two guys that wrote what I think is one of the best songs ever written are both dead, you know, and it made me really sad. So now I- I'm trying to follow that through through this conspiracy theory thing and thinking to myself, like, how effective would I have been if David Bowie was the most important musician ever? Um, by that and and maybe in your head you try to make excuses for it right like people have done for say elvis or tupac shakur right like yeah. you might start to argue that they're not dead that they have faked their death so the first one we have is death and switch right we've been switched out because that person died but then you have the fake death right so elvis and tupac are the two big ones that are musicians right the, the third big one that came to mind was hitler yeah, uh, that comes up a lot as fake death and went on to live a long and whatever healthy, happy life in Argentina or if you're Elvis uh, anywhere that people see an overweight, older southern gentleman um, and, and Tupac. <laughs> I don't know if there's been any Tupac sightings, right? 
Uh, he just keeps dropping albums, I think. was the Well, thing. he does keep making yeah. albums, which is also uh, maybe indicative of... I mean, that's like a pretty good reason, right? Like, I don't know. Albums keep coming out. You think about Prince's uh, vault. Oh, I know. I so, know. I mean, yeah. Tupac could have just been like real into recording while he was alive. So there's those conspiracy theories, which are also really weird. Like they just needed to get out of the public. Well, in the case of Elvis and Tupac Shakur, just wanted out of the public eye. Yeah. Um, Hitler was a whole different thing, right? But then there's a third one, and that's questions regarding cause of death. Um, and and that one is where the conspiracy theories um, really amp up. So that's like the Seth Rich and Michael Hastings thing. Like they die. We, we They died. We know how they died. Gunshot and car accident. But then you start talking about, um, you know, Kurt Cobain is mm-hmm. one that comes up a lot, yeah. right? Like there are some questions about his ability to, to shotgun himself to death um, due to, you know, the, the number of whatever it was, barbiturates, I think, that were in his system at the time. I think it was straight people. up heroin. But yeah, I could, you know I what I mean? Wrong. So yeah. you get questions like that. Marilyn Monroe, there are a lot of people say that there's no way she she overdosed on, on drugs. Um, there's uh, uh, John F. Kennedy. It's a little different one, right? Like the grassy, yeah, yeah, the, the multiple shooter. shooters, yeah, and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, George Reeves is another. Do you know George Reeves is? No, I do not. George George Reeves was an actor in the nineteen thirties. Um, he played Superman originally. He was Chris, Christopher Reeves' dad. Okay, I know you're talking about. He was he was not Christopher Reeves' dad. There's, <laughs> there's a conspiracy theory there. I'm sure the guy only guys named Reeves would play Superman, right? <laughs> um, but he was, uh, you know. Uh, suicide slash murdered slash whatever. And it's one of the earlier um, celebrity kind of conspiracy theories that I'm aware of anyway. Uh, Natalie Wood is another big one, right? Because the the two guys that were with her the day she died kind of drowning mysteriously when she was already terribly afraid of water, they're they're both still alive and kicking. Um, uh, One of them is uh, Christopher Walken. And I forget who the other guy's name is, but he's still alive too, I believe. Um, those guys went on to like long successful, you know, movie and TV show careers and stuff. And she died, you know, after they had a few drinks and she mysteriously. Oh dropped. yeah. Cool. I remember that. Yeah. That was, yeah, well, that, yeah. was that was early eighties. I think that happened, but I mean, so they're, you know, the, the, the deaths of all these people could have been exactly what we were told. Right. But for various reasons, we believe other things. And in the Kennedy case, there's some fairly compelling evidence that maybe it didn't go down the way that the government told us it did. Right. Um, Marilyn Monroe, um, because of her involvement with uh, with uh, JFK and, and, and RFK, too, um, you know, may have been a target for the CIA or maybe the mob to get back at JFK. I mean, you know, there's a variety of things that, that we could yep. suss out. But it's it's interesting. So I, I don't know. I guess in general, I'm not asking about any of these specific ones. Right. But I mean, of the ones I named, is there one that you think? Maybe didn't go down the way that we that we think it did, the way that we're told it did. I guess I should say. Yeah, I mean, like obviously JFK would be the one um, that that would be like the most um, obviously questionable because of I don't know. Maybe it's his historical significance. Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, I, I think that. Again, this goes back to like one of the questions I asked at the very beginning of this episode, which I think we started recording yesterday. Um, it's a long episode, is what I'm getting at for anybody who didn't catch on to that. Um, is like how much of that is us wanting there to be a good story instead of just like having to deal with the reality of what happened? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I agree with you. And, and by and large, I, I think that's the case. Um, but the, the, the problem becomes that I think the more ridiculous ones. So I think the, the, the Britney Spears one it becomes so ridiculous that when we start talking about someone else, maybe like Tupac yeah. Shakur, we, we then dismiss it. Right. Because if it's not true for Britney, it's not true for Tupac. And if it's not true for Elvis being alive, then it can be true for, for or if the CIA didn't take out Marilyn Monroe um, to send a message to JFK about the path he was on, then we can't believe JFK either. So yeah. it, it becomes this thing where I feel like, and like I said, I'm I'm not. I mean, I could individually go through and talk about how likely I think any of those are, uh, based on my rather limited knowledge of the subject matter. But but I do think that in some cases, the the all the time naysayers have made it um, so much easier for something to go down, because the vast majority of people go, "No, that's bullshit." The news said it was this, and that's what it is. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think that um, on the Tupac front, didn't um, Suge Knight come out recently and say that he knew who killed Tupac and Biggie? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that's assuming you think Suge Knight is a real credible source. source of information. I mean, he, I mean, he could be. Well, that's the thing. He could be telling the truth and be a, a giant piece of shit at the same time. Again, yeah, those two are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> you are, you are correct. Um, <laughs> But that's I guess you know, and this this goes on to to anything, right? So at what point I have to imagine that even of the the big conspiracy theories. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw some out there just off the top of my head, like what the biggest ones are, right? There's JFK, there's the faked moon landing, there's flat Earth, there's 9/11, there's there's the Illuminati is uh, is moving us towards. Oh, this is a fun one. The um, the the globalists the new world order this this organization is setting us up for the big unification of one world government to be alien attacks okay so you know of of those and and then sprinkle in whatever when i say conspiracy theory whatever comes to your mind sprinkle in five or six more and you have to imagine that one of those one of those <laughs> is probably more right than wrong yeah. But the fact that the other ones exist to say people to, to allow people to say, well, conspiracy theorists are all full of shit. So anytime something's labeled as a conspiracy theory, it automatically loses its credibility by virtue of the name. Then I think we might be fooling ourselves into believing some things that, that may not necessarily be true. If you're constantly saying non-credible shit, like if you're saying stuff that's like just patently, obviously not not true, like the time that you are, you stumble on the truth. You know, and you're trying to get people, it's, you know, it's the boy who cried wolf. Why am I going to believe you this time? You've been feeding me all this garbage all these years. Like, it's, I'm just saying it's understandable why people who are are inclined to not believe uh, some conspiracy theories typically don't believe most or all. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it just sounds like total, like, it just, everything sounds like nonsense coming from you know, certain types of people. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and there are those people and, you know, I mentioned, um, earlier that, that comedian, um, who, who pretty much believes all of them. And right. Then I think to myself, like, is there more harm in believing all of them 
Yeah, Boy, is there well, more yes. harm in believing none of them and then missing the the one that that's super important? Well, I mean, look at the list right now, and that we talked about. I'm saying mm-hmm. this like the listeners. I, I feel bad now. Um, we have a list of all the things we just talked about, and I'm telling Olivia to look at that. Uh, which one of those is really going to have a negative impact on your life if it's true? Um, so we skipped one altogether. I just realized <laughs> as I look at that list. As I look at the list, honestly, um, probably the government killing people for for information they have. <laughs> right, and we were on board with. We both believe that one. Right. No. 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 But, that, but that's that's what I'm. Yes, I, I agree. But and again, and I say this very hesitantly, right, for the sake of argument. If nine eleven was an inside job, then it's more important for people to believe all the conspiracy theories instead of naysaying every one of them. So that's Does like that make the, sense? better to um, let a, a guilty man go free than to jail one innocent man. Like that's your essentially. Yeah. Gotcha. If one of them could be if it's if it's the Black Knight satellite and, and, and I'll go out on a limb. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the government has evidence of extraterrestrial type stuff. OK, I'm not saying that they're they're caged. They have a caged DT. But I'm pretty sure that there's evidence of, um, you know, whatever, intergalactic space travel, spaceships, maybe aliens or whatever. And they just don't think that that the people should know. Wouldn't like, it be great? That. I just had a great idea. Follow me on this. Mm-hmm. How cool would it be if, like, you know how there's all those alien invasion movies and stuff like that? How cool would it be if the government was um, cooperating with Hollywood to make movies like that so that they're actually preparing us for an inevitable invasion. Like they, Oops. like they have actual aliens and then that's how we know what they look like. You know, since this is an actual thing <laughs> that's happening, I don't know how cool it is. Um, do you know who Tom DeLong is? The lead singer, former lead singer of blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So he runs and I don't have it at my fingertips. He runs a uh, society, an association, a whatever that does actually work with the government um, for those specific reasons is is what his claims are. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you get a chance uh, and it's lengthy, but it's interesting. And, I mean, he's very evasive and stuff, but he was on the, the Joe Rogan experience like last year. It was one of the first times I actually watched Joe Rogan because I was looking into Tom DeLonge. Um, and he's on there and he talks about that. And although he doesn't have any information, he has former government employees and he has the support of some people in the government um, to do exactly that, to, to combine books um, and movies and documentaries on aliens and bring to the people. And he thinks that the reason is so that eventually they, that they, they could acclimate us to that. This now goes into what I said earlier about people saying they're acclimating us into aliens so that they could fake an alien invasion so that we could then, you know, you know, abide by one world government because we have to be unified as one to fight off the, the yeah. attack. So, I mean, it goes it goes both ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's insanity kind of on both ends. <laughs> but again, yeah. If the government is going to control people through alien invasion that's not real, then maybe it's more important to believe all the conspiracy theories. By the way, I can't believe you skipped that one. On, like, I was so excited. I can't. I spent a lot of time getting ready for the one that you skipped on the list. I can't believe you did that. You know, here's how it happened. Here's an insight into my brain. We were talking about the Denver airport. 
and that that thing you said about the Illuminati and world government. I, I told myself I'm not going to yeah. talk about the Illuminati. I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> I will jokingly mention, sort of jokingly mention, globalists and stuff. And then I was like, this is perfect because if we talk about them, then what's more important than them killing people to keep themselves secret, right? So that would be a perfect segue into Michael Hastings and Seth Rich. At any rate, D.B. Cooper for the uninitiated um, pulled off one of the greatest heists of all time. This is not a conspiracy. This is all fact. So this, I'm not even sure where this falls on the conspiracy theory list, quite honestly, because it doesn't fit with the other stuff. But um, he hijacked an airplane and sky dove out of it. Um, in order to elude the authorities with $200,000. But this happened in the very early 70s, I believe, right? So 200000 was a pretty decent amount of money. Um, but yeah, that's that's essentially the story, right? And, and, and apparently to almost this day, to almost, to nearly this day, until two days ago, we really didn't know who D.B. Cooper was. That was, that was an alias that he used. Yeah, which is really funny, like... Um... So I think the reason that this qualifies as a conspiracy is mostly because like it, it's just like a super unsolved case, almost like at the level of it's always been kind of at the level of like the Zodiac killer, you know, like this criminal who had just always eluded law enforcement. And so the conspiracy was like, who who did it, I think, is, is what it comes down to. And um, I like that. you I like the D.B. The, the Cooper thing, because like. He referred to himself as Dan Cooper, and no one really knows where <laughs> DB Cooper came from. Like it was it's never the most fascinating part of it, right. right? It was it's listed as a media miscommunication. Yeah, it's a mix-up in communication. So, um, yeah, but Livius shared an article with me from the New York Daily News, in which um, it claims, and I'll read the headline: "The search for DB Cooper." Investigators say they've confirmed Skyjacker's identity by decoding long-lost confession. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so they've had a pretty good idea of who they thought it was for 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 a while, but they were able to put together. Um, this was a guy that that went ahead and taunted the authorities on top of um, on top of uh, extorting some money and 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 so that two hundred thousand, by the way, because I have an article pulled up, is the equivalent to one point two million dollars today. Yeah. So a pretty significant amount of money. Um, so this case was open for like forty five years. Yeah. So it happened in nineteen seventy one. Um, yeah, he jumped out of a Boeing 727, uh, and at first they were saying there's no way he could have survived the jump because of the terrain he jumped into and stuff. But um, ultimately, they'd have proven uh, who D.B. Cooper is by matching up some coded correspondence that they had that they attributed to uh, a man by the name of Robert Rackstraw. Robert Rackstraw. Um, and they matched it up to basically a taunting letter from from uh, db cooper and we're able to to pretty i don't know i read the article so i again i don't know how much they're forcing to fit because it's weird it's like his use of the word unk somehow turned into code for something else that they were able to match up in something else but uh they they've 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 suspected for a little while that this is who it was and uh now they have now they have evidence Dude, I'm just reading this. Hold on a second. Rackstraw <laughs> served in two Sherwoods units. So is he still alive? So he's still alive. And um, he he's living, I guess, in San Diego is what the article says. I watched a video where um, a reporter, like a, like a news crew, went to this Robert Rackstraw guy and interviewed him. And he was very standoffish. And he um, wouldn't 
answer questions, but he wouldn't categorically say, no, I am not DB Cooper. Um, and so it was kind of like, there wasn't really a lot, there wasn't a lot of substance to it, but like, yeah, the dude is alive and they were at like a Marina or something. And he kept trying to walk away from them. And he was, you know, they were following him and saying, why can't you just tell me? No, why can't you just tell me? No. And, um, he was, uh, I guess he fits the bill because he has a military background and was like, I'm, I'm guessing a paratrooper or something like that. So, um, he fits the bill and everything and, um, would not say on camera that I am, I'm not DB Cooper. I wonder how they're going to, I'm going to have to look into this. I wonder how they proceed. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on, I don't know, extortion, well, I guess. And th- there's I, a neat, I have a little information on this. Okay. The original charge they had against him, um, him being an entity they didn't really know the actual identity of, was something that had a five-year statute of limitations, and then they changed it to charging him with a crime that has no statute of limitations. So, um, realistically, they could arrest him and try him. Um, But, I mean, what evidence is there after 45 years, right? Like, the letter? Yeah, it gets interesting, though, because he was so cocky... um... I mean, a confession is possible. He may say, look, I'm 74 years old. I don't know yeah. what his health is like. You know what I mean? That he might be like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I eluded the, the FBI for, for that long. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, know? like, if he's a sociopath, which the article is saying, like, he might, and a narcissist, he might want the the credit or the recognition, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it might be worth, like, you know, a cushy few years in jail for the rest of your life to to be, like, the guy who notoriously was, like, the most... Like, you know, talked about criminal or whatever. And you pull off this, well, near-perfect heist, I guess we'll say. Now we'll say near-perfect heist. Um, <laughs> I think there's part of you that almost wants some recognition for right. that. And if you're yeah. late enough in life, um, maybe maybe that's the right thing to do. I mean, like, obviously there are a lot of terrible things. But but I would have to imagine that, 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 that you know, I was going to say one of the worst things, but that's probably belittling a lot of other things, is to pull off something and never get any credit for it. To never be mm-hmm. able to take credit for, for doing the best of, you know, in this case, you know, this heist. Um, and this eluding the FBI. There has to be a terrible thing, to, the, like a weight of saying, you know, I just want people to acknowledge that I'm the fucking guy that did it. I'm the guy who pulled it off. Can I ask, because I didn't, I, I kind of skimmed the article. Does it say who, was it the law enforcement agency that deciphered it or was it someone else? So this is a guy who's a TV producer who deciphered this is what it, it seems like to me, right? Yeah, I mean, the articles are saying cold case investigator. So right. I know there are like TV shows that do nothing but look so at cold cases. Non-governmental. Here's where I'm going with this. Um this the case was closed by the FBI in 2015. So it just got closed like a couple of years ago. Um, I'm sure these people have been like privately investigating it forever because why not? Because if you get the, if you nail Cooper 45 years after it happens, boom. I mean, like you are, there's a lot that comes with that. You get book deals, you get movie deals, you get whatever, you get that Netflix series, like the staircase or whatever that's just dropped. <laughs> um, so that's gotta be a big thing, but I'm thinking about, um, the other thing, the the uh, oh, it's eluding me. Um, Pat Oswald's wife, who wrote that book about the um, Bay Area, the the killer in the Bay Area, the rapist slash murderer, that only recently got solved right after. Oh, the her, Golden her book. State Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's another non <laughs> non law enforcement person who cracks a decades old 
um, case, like this seems to be like a trend right now. Like, is it just that like people are focusing oh. more on in, on investigating? You know, for why why is it? I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. Is that who Patton Oswalt's wife wrote the book about? Yeah, Cause... Michelle Mac- M- McNamara or whatever. Yeah, that's what um, it, that's what that book was about. So I didn't realize you wrote a book about it, but that that is interesting because of how he was captured. So for anybody who doesn't know, um, Ancestry.com, or I'm not sure if it was that or that 23andMe. I think it was 23andMe. Yeah, they had DNA from this guy, and then they ran it against one of the 20 23andMe apparently websites and found a match. Um, and from there, it didn't take long. So, uh, i.e., Rob sends in for 23andMe, right? And they wind up contacting the company and saying, hey, can you give us some DNA on this too? And they find out that this person is, I believe it was a cousin, yep. uh, as, closely, as closely related as a cousin to the person whose DNA you gave us. And then it turns out that, you know, through Rob submitting that, they find out that, you know, some relative of his is... I don't know, whatever, the Golden State Killer, essentially, yeah. which is really weird, right? Because that's not one of the the consequences that you expect from, like, 23andMe. You're like, oh, I found out I'm 4% Norwegian. Like, their commercials don't say things like, oh, I found out that I'm uh, related to a serial killer and that he's <laughs> still alive and wanted by the police. Yeah, my DNA ratted out my cousin. Oh, God, that's crazy. So, that's at any rate, it's an interesting I mean, I'm glad they caught him. Yeah. Um but it's it's almost like, you know, I'm sure there have been a ton of articles written on privacy and Ancestry.com after that. Oh, I don't sure, know yeah. What people thought before then, but yeah, that's a little bit. That's, that's a weird. little bit weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if I were the lawyer, I'd be like fighting the admissibility of that, but because I'd be because I would want my client to go free. That's where I'm sure. No, 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 no. I know. I, I understand it. I yeah. I I don't. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it's a weird, weird and, and tricky thing. And as technology continues to improve, we're going to see um, probably more stuff either proven or more people uh, lately have been have been let go from prison sentences because of um, technology and, and the ability to analyze DNA in ways we weren't before or that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see how many conspiracy theories will be proven or debunked yeah. by the use of modern technology. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so DB Cooper, I don't, well, here's the thing. Like they deciphered a letter, but I mean, is that compelling evidence? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. So I guess I'm out, I'm out on the DB Cooper one. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know that there was much of a conspiracy in that one. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like, fun to talk about. Cause it was, yeah, sol- no, no, that's solved. what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if I, I believe it or not. I mean, I believe that it happened. Uh, and and I believe likely they finally got the guy, and then and that's the thing. Like there, I think there's a little bit of romance and sexiness to like a lot of these stories, like the Denver airport, like all that crazy shit. That's 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 like a sexy story about an air, like because airports are like pretty much the worst places to ever be. But like this puts some mystique on Denver airport that like doesn't happen in other you know. So there's like there's a little bit of like pizzazz to to the story to like the stories being true so for sure now but be honest and upfront rob asked me to come up with my own personal conspiracy theory <laughs> for this episode and here's what happens i probably buy into enough conspiracy theories that it was impossible for me to come up with like i'd start thinking about things that i thought could be true and i realized that all i'm doing is rehashing conspiracy theories i kind of believe 
Um, but Rob, I understand that you have a conspiracy theory. I mean, this is going to be the start to your YouTube channel. Is that correct? Um, well, we'll see. We'll see how you're going to be my test audience right now, which is a total lie because I know we've talked about this before, but um, for the sake of the podcast. Um, so in the town that I live in, Lake Zurich, Illinois, um, there are within a half of a mile of the main road in in a half a mile stretch, three separate mattress stores. And um, that's a, that's insane, you know? Um, and, and you start to wonder like, cause you never see a customer in any one, like there's never anybody in there shopping and you're, you're, you start to wonder like how, how can something stay open where practically nobody ever shops there? And especially now with like every podcast is trying to sell you a Casper mattress or one of those, there's that one hot chick with the purple, you know, you see her on Facebook or whatever. Um, she's breaking yes. eggs and stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Yep. So like, how can a mattress company stay in business? And, um, the only, like, so, and I think this is the sexy explanation. This is why that I, I I've thought this is like, it's gotta be a front for the mob. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to, take your initial reaction to that thought. And then I'm going to, I'm going to up the stakes with my own personal experience shopping in a mattress store. And then we'll see if that changes your mind at all. I'm, I'm a little less likely to believe that than most conspiracy theories you talked <laughs> about today. Um, although I do like the idea that they move money around. It's just stuffed in the mattresses, like the delivery guys. <laughs> when you see them go, if you see them go out yeah. the back with one, there's just like $50 bills stuffed in the mattress. And that would be a good way to transport them. Because who would, who, after seeing all those movies, who would think that somebody actually is hiding money inside of a mattress? <laughs> it would be, like, poetic in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, so obvious that right, right. nobody would like think. Like, that no yep. one would ever, yeah, hiding in plain sight. Um, so, are you, just based on that, you're in or out on this? Out. All right. So, let me tell you about the time that I bought a mattress. Um, at one of these mattress stores and then we'll see how we, and then I got some more information after this. So like this is, we're going back to probably 2005 or so. Um, I went to, I was living in Wakanda at the time and we're not talking about the place from the movie black Panther. Um, we're talking about the place where I know the mayor, um, because he's the stepdad of Adam and Oshkosh whose legs don't work. Um, and I went and I went to this random store and like, I'd never bought a, a bed before I was like 20. Like I always had a bed because my parents bought me a bed. Um, so I didn't know how the hell it worked. I didn't know how much a, a bed really cost. And so I went in there with unreasonable expectations and the guy's like, you're crazy. Um, but you were uh, like, I got 75 bucks. What do you got for a mattress? And I'm like, why? what can a bed cost a few hundred dollars? I was way off. I was a dumb young person. Um, and so the guy's like, well, here, I'll tell you what, <laughs> this is where, it, this is where it starts. He's wearing a full-on, like, suit. And he's this short, fat, obviously very Italian guy with his hair just straight slicked back. So he's he's stepping into a stereotype from the get-go of, you know, mob front kind of thing. I, I would imagine mm -hmm. a guy like this is working there. He's like, well, I'll tell you what. Someone ordered this California King bed, and they never picked it up. So um, I got to I gotta move it. Um, I'll give it to you for, I think, $900. Um but you have to pay cash. And I was <laughs> like, uh, he's like, here, look. And he shows me the paper, like random paper. He probably, you know, he could have fucking made this up all of it. 
he could have ripped me off. I don't know. But like he shows me this paperwork that shows usually it costs like 1800 or $2,000 or something like that. So it's a great deal. And I was like, all right, well, let me go get some cash and uh, something to bring a bed home in. And um, I, it did. I gave him 900 bucks in cash, got myself this sweet bed that was so nice. It was a beautiful bed. And like just... I, I pulled up to the back door, knocked on the door, door opens up, I give the guy the cash, we load up the bed, and that was it. And I was like, this is the shadiest shit that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so that plus, you know, you know, so now what do you think? Are you in? Oh, I'm still out. <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty sure that that, that went something like this. Um so those those stores and I, I don't even know why I have this information to be honest. Like it's always one person works there open to close. Yeah. So there's never like anybody else around, right? So what I'm thinking is like that guy's mattress shipment showed up and he's checking in the mattresses and he gets to the end. And he goes, Well, what the fuck is this? This isn't on my list. And it's a California King mattress that was delivered errantly to him. It was supposed to go to mm-hmm. the place that's a block further down. And they're trying to, like, figure out where this mattress is, right? Because, you know, it's only been, you know, they, they do three deliveries in one mile, and then they have to go back to the warehouse. Right. Um, and I'm thinking that was his. The, the whole cash thing was exactly that. That's I'm selling this off the books because I can. And I just made 900 bucks on top of whatever gotcha. my salary is for being here 14 hours a day by myself or, or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so... That makes sense. That That's a valid explanation of my specific situation. Um, I, I still can't justify, and it must not have been you I was talking to. I think it was um, um, my other friend, uh, John Gatwood, who um, reminds me. He, You guys are like twins and everything. Mm-hmm. I might have been talking to him about it, and he he basically explained what, um, what I'm reading right now in the conspiracy subreddit uh, in a thread called Your Local Mattress Stores Are Money Laundering Fronts. Um, <laughs> And I feel like it was John and he kind of explained the same thing. So here's a comment that says, I used to manage a furniture store about 14 years ago. The markup for furniture, including mattresses is insane. Literally it's about 400% markup Mm -hmm. before any financing costs are tacked on. Um, I was able to get a nice new mattress for set for cost, which was like less than $200. So like basically this guy's saying is the, the markup, the margin that you have on, 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 things like mattresses and furniture is so insane that you can afford to take ray like like lots of cuts but also like imagine you sell something at full price to some, sure. to some to some dupe who doesn't know that you can talk someone down a lot on price you sell a set at full price and you just paid your rent for like probably the week or whatever right so in that situation i see what you're saying like he used his you know whatever annual discount right to buy a mattress for three hundred bucks, saw you coming, and resold it to you for nine hundred. Yeah, which is like also that. yeah, yeah, that's also very possible. I can yeah. see that happening. I mean, that happens a lot anyway. I mean, you and I both worked for retailers, and, and it's actually in in at least I can think of two retailers I worked with. The code of conduct um, does not allow you to resell right. anything you've purchased with your discount. Um, especially, I mean, I've never worked anywhere where cost was my discount. Because um, that could be really interesting, depending on what the items are. <laughs> so, so I, I just debunked yeah. my own personal conspiracy right. by um, you just naysayed your own conspiracy. This is I the know. problem with you. You even had a conspiracy theory you don't believe. That's <laughs> so. <laughs> how much of a skeptic I am. <laughs> I don't even trust myself. 
All right, well, I'm glad we brought this on to a lighter note. Um, this went really, <laughs> really long. So thanks for listening. If you've listened to both volumes of uh, Booked Conspiracy Theories or whatever we wound up calling this. Um, yeah. Do you want to take a moment for anybody who's still here um, to acknowledge new Patreon contributors? Look, I'm going to try to do this as quickly as I can. The globalists don't want you to listen to this podcast. <laughs> and you are the resistance. Um, the only way to stop the globalists from their takeover of literature everywhere is to contribute and help fund this operation by contributing at patreon.com slash booked. For as little as a dollar a month, you help fund the war against the new world order that doesn't want you reading good books. They only want <laughs> you reading Fifty Shades of Grey. They want to dumb you down. They want you to listen to awful podcasts that contain no substance or humor whatsoever. You can do it. You can help fight the war by contributing at patreon.com slash booked and our newest warriors we have new warriors in the fight and the first one hopefully i don't uh, butcher this name lian abe maybe lian abe uh thank you for your contribution and your support to this podcast tip of the spear right here fighting the globalists do you want me to mention the other yeah, I know you're not going to do with anywhere near as much possessed no, I, mean, I just did, so I'm going to let you pull there's, I don't have that fire that Livius is, is doing right now, but our other, what are we calling them, warriors? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, I was just making stuff right. up off the top of my head. I, it was very compelling. Like I was I was with you. to the. I was like, I'll die for you, Livius. Uh, Nate Lehman? That's how I'm going to go with that. Nate Lehman, also a new contributor. Thanks, guys. Thanks, both of you, for joining. Um I don't really know what we did to get to get you. Maybe you just stumbled upon us. Maybe we did something. If there was a specific thing that we did that got you to give us money, let us know so that we can do more of that stuff. And um, also, whatever global domination fighting, we'll we'll do that too. Also that. Also <laughs> so that. I want to make sure you at least acknowledge that we have to do that too. So. Yeah, I'm on board for whatever Livius is talking about. Up next is a book called The Brick Eaters, which the band the residents maybe some conspiracy theory talk there i have finished the book and now i'm going to spend probably about 15 or 20 minutes at some point this week looking into this mystery of who the residents actually are mm. um, but that's what you're going to hear next there will also be spoiler talk if you're a patreon contributor the next episode will contain spoiler talk i promise because i already read the book and there's things that need to be discussed that we're <laughs> not going to discuss in the regular episode so until then Thank you for funding the war on poor <laughs> literary choices and globalism. Until next time, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading and fighting the power or something.